0: lead times, emissions, glycol pumps, training, and liquid level control. It's Stuff You Should Know About Oil and Gas Production. We're going to talk about it. Hello, and welcome to Stuff You Should Know About Oil and Gas Production. This podcast is brought to you by Kimray. You can visit us at kimray.com to see all of our training, resources, and tips for oil and gas producers. My name is Curtis. I'm here with Product and Applications Training Manager, Kyle Andrews, and newly appointed Area Sales Manager, Ryan Spangler. How are you today, fellas? It's going good. Good. Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, Ryan, we call him tiny. Um, <laughs> do, do we? How, 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 uh, how would you
1: describe Ryan's height, Kyle, without mm. using numbers? Without using numbers. Okay. When he walks through a standard door, he has to duck slightly. That's good. That's a good good. one. Yeah, I'd say Bigfoot without the hair.
0: Bigfoot without as much hair,
1: shaved. Yeah, with a little stubble though. Ryan's like one of those guys. Not only because he did play basketball, but like when you see him, you know the stereotypical. Oh, you must play basketball. (laughs) That's the every time, right? Yeah, every time. Yeah. What is the worst part about being tall? Airplane rides. Yeah. Always having to look down on people. No, he likes that part. What's
0: the best part? Everything else is the best part, right?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: I can reach stuff in cabinets.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just the other day, we were a facilities guy was changing out. It was like a fire alarm or some kind of sensor. And there wasn't a ladder nearby. There wasn't like a chair. And so he just asked Ryan. He's like, hey, can you <laughs> can you reach up there and grab this? So Ryan just stood up, plucked it off the wall, handed it to him. He left. I guess he was changing. out, came back a little while later, handed it to Ryan. Ryan just put it back up. <laughs> In its spot where it I goes. I forgot about that.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. Today we're we're going to talk about some customer questions uh, that you guys have fielded recently. Common customer questions, we call it. So maybe more than once recently. So Ryan, you want to kick us off?
2: Yeah, I've got the uh, softball. I think everybody within Kimray, as if you're a salesman, can can uh, relate to this question. But what does availability and lead times look like?
1: Yeah, so if a customer, you know, obviously, if they submit an order, we get them a quote that will have the, the lead time on it. Um, you know, we're doing everything we can to bring in those lead times as tightly as possible. Um, but like you mentioned, supply chain, um, you know, all of those issues combined make it where those lead times are sometimes pretty far out. That's why it's important to let us know what you need in advance you know, unless it's, um, an AI, what we consider an A item or like a really common item that we keep on the shelf. Um, you know, you, you might have to wait a few, at least a few weeks to get it. Um, if it's not already in the production schedule. So Ryan, you want to speak on forecasting and kind of what you're looking for there?
2: Yeah. I think from a, from a sales point of view, um, one of our biggest goals is getting forecast, uh, and then when we speak to customers, it's it's trying to get them to order in advance. The faster you can order earlier, you can order the better you'll your chances will be at at that promised date. Um, but forecast allows us to get manufacturing schedule set, allows us to get every uh, location and operations team on board with what we need. Um, so that's a big one for us. Any any customer that can can hand those forecasts will help.
0: What does that What does that process look like? You're just like, hey, what are you planning in the next? do do they have a a standard they're trying to get six months out or a year out or?
2: People are different. Um, Some people will only do three months. Some will do six. Some will do a year. Um, So it all depends. We'll take whatever we can. Um, I think it's about building relationships, building that trust Uh, when they get that to us, then we can, we can get with our team, our forecasting team, uh, Kyle and those guys and get it in the schedule, see what we need to do to, to make sure manufacturing makes it happen or supply chain makes it happen. Um, But, Three,
1: six months, a year, whatever, we'll take it. Very cool, all
0: right, Kyle, you got a question?
1: Yeah, I had a a guy comment on one of our YouTube videos about um, gas dehydration. The video shows that uh, this particular producer was using two glycol pumps, um, a larger glycol pump and then a smaller. Uh, His question was, why use, why have two glycol pumps of different sizes, why not? Uh, have one glycol pump and just run it slower, or speed it up and run it faster. The producer in that video that we show, during the winter months, when a lot of people are using more natural gas, so the flow rate is higher through this system, uh, the glycol flow rate needs to be higher to properly dehydrate the gas. And so they need that larger pump running quickly. But in the summer months, when the gas flow rates lower, because consumption is lower, the minimum flow rate of that larger pump is is not low enough. Basically, the required glycol flow rate is below the minimum stall point of that larger pump. So they have to then run a smaller pump in the summer months um, because you can only run our glycol pumps, you know, they have a minimum speed before they just stop operating. They stall out. And so that's why they had the two... Different size pumps there. And to relate to that, he, he mentioned a VFD in his comment. Well, I can't use a VFD. Um, those are used for electric gly- glycol pumps or anything with a motor. You can speed up and slow down the motor. I don't know what a VFD is. It's a variable frequency drive. So basically, it's a little controller. You can speed up, slow down. Um, you can manipulate how fast the motor is running. Gotcha. But our energy exchange glycol pumps don't use you know an electric motor they use the uh, system pressure um, you know with our electric glycol pumps that could be an option mm-hmm. but for our energy exchange pumps it's not could it be something we could look at to have a glycol pump that fills in that middle gray area so there are the flow rates for each one of our glycol pumps there's overlap between each one um, But the variance between, for this particular location, the variance between their maximum rate that they needed during the winter months and then the rate they needed for summertime was too wide for one pump to cover. So they're on the highest spectrum on one side and the lowest spectrum on the other. And so they needed they needed two pumps to cover that entire range of, of glycol flow rate.
0: Now, now, my understanding was a lot of them do two just for redundancy so they can do maintenance on one. Right. And so a lot running. of companies
1: will have two pumps of the same exact size, um, and they do that for redundancy. So they will run pump A until they begin to see issues with it where they need to repair it, and then they'll switch to pump B while they're repairing pump A, and then they'll just then, you know, pump B becomes the primary pump until they need to repair it. Yeah. So they just switch back and forth between them. And it's such a,
0: from my understanding, a pretty tedious thing to repair. So it's going to take a long time to repair it. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, if they're, you know, any downtime is, is not good. And so, you know, if it's going to take you three hours, three or four hours to do a full repair on a glycol pump, um, that's a lot of lots a lot of time where you could have been producing gas and making money. that's right. I expect they would probably do those
0: during the summer though if they can if they can schedule it as long as if, if they can to schedule it,
1: but I mean, there's so many different variables on why a pump or why the system needs to be shut down for maintenance yeah. um, you know it, it's hard to go a full season, especially during the winter months when you're running it constantly and there's a lot of flow rate going through it um, It's hard to make it a whole winter without having to shut it down at some point
0: all right so that's we've knocked out two Ryan what you got man you got Got another
2: one Uh, where does Kim Ray line up when it comes to ESG
0: great question important question more and more common I guess you guys are getting that quite a bit yeah yeah mostly related
1: to what do we say like our product Hmm. like hey like you know our customers come to us with hey here's the restrictions we're working within or the parameters like What can you guys do to help us meet their goals? And, you know, we've got a lot of product that that can be used in this space, um, you know, that's um, either non-vent or it's, you know, our electric products. um, Where most of our new product designs are all around this space, right? That's what we're trying to design into. So whether that's converting old product from vent to non-vent, are putting electric actuation in. Um, you know, we've got, we've got quite a few products that fit in this space now. So that's what a lot of those conversations are revolving around is what product can we offer to, to help meet their needs. Yeah, just to add to what Kyle
2: said, we've, we've also got outside supply. Um, so if you're bringing outside air into locations and you've got old valves that you wanna convert over to that, we have that. And then we also have our mechanical line um and all of those are non non non-methane emitting so
0: yeah what uh what kind of specifics are they asking for whenever they get this uh,
2: i think the biggest thing right now kyle hit it on the head is is you know we've got all these old facilities we don't want to spend all this money for new valves what can we do um so we're seeing a bunch of non-vent outside supply uh conversion kits going out the door
1: right now nice very cool and Companies so that they're compliant with regulations, they'll want to know um, what volume, you know, with with old product, what volume of gas could it potentially be venting? Uh, so that way they can, uh, you know, report accurate numbers. Um, and so a lot of the times it's us doing calculations on vent rates and things. Mm-hmm. I know we just put uh, an actuation
0: chart up on our emissions page. So if you go to kimray.com/emissions, we've got uh, a landing page there that'll guide you through uh, a lot of our options for for this specific issue. And then, like the guy said, I mean, tons of products and all of our new product design is is being designed with this in mind because we know, um, especially controllers, like that's a that's a, a big focus right now. And so we want to make sure we're helping our producers solve this problem um we'll link to some of the conversion videos i mean uh we, we make it very easy you can order conversion kits to to non-vent outside supply for your regulators and uh yeah a lot of exciting stuff happening on this on this front
1: yeah a lot of a lot of new products coming out that are going to help with this um, this year so excited about that
0: all right back to you kyle you got a, a youtube
1: question no yeah. that was the last one was YouTube. yeah last one was youtube uh, this one uh I'm guessing came from our, our website. It came through customer service to me. Uh, but a gentleman reached out and was asking, uh, about training product training. Uh, he saw something on our website. Um, you know, said, how can we help train you? You know, call us to schedule training. And so, uh, he reached out to me, uh, over voicemail and I called him back. Uh, but he was, uh, he's interested in the industry. um, he works for a, a manufacturer who's involved in oil and gas, mm-hmm. and so he was just wanting more information yeah. uh, about our industry, about our product.
0: And he reached out to the product
1: and applications training manager. L- man, I think that's the first time you got my title correct. Got it, Kyle, <laughs> first time, <laughs> Kyle F. Andrews. Yeah. Just,
2: just to add on that too, we had a uh, we had a gentleman in here yesterday that's also on a uh, works for an OEM, but he was asking about you know the training room and if we hold outside trainer you know training uh demos i guess for like his workers that are actually working with our products installing our products so maybe that's something we can we can get out to customers as far as hey you know one class a month or whatever it might be whatever we come up with where outside guys can come in yeah absolutely
1: and a lot of you know cus- customers are all over the u.s all over the world yeah and uh so customers here in oklahoma you know, have it good, so to speak, that, you know, they're close to us, we can bring them in. Um, but even, you know, just utilizing our YouTube page and our website, I mean, there's so much information, usually enough to, to get them going and to answer their questions that they have. Um, but even if you're not in Oklahoma, we have distributorships all over. If you're in West Texas, uh, you know, we have a lot of Kimray stores out there. And so, reach out to your local camera store distributor, and they can provide training there locally to you and your company and your employees.
0: Yeah, yeah, we, so many knowledgeable guys. I mean, you may you may get uh, YouTube star Kyle Andrews to, <laughs> to come to your company, but I was talking with a guy in Houston, Tommy Bruce, the other day, and he's like yeah, I don't know too much about that. And then I asked a couple of questions and he just talked for like 40 minutes because he knows a lot about that. He's just a humble guy, you know? And so, uh, so anyway, yeah, tons of training available. Yeah. You would say check out our website first. If yeah. You check want out our website. Training, that's an um, option too,
1: Or just really yeah. just reach out to, to the closest camera store, um, and see, you know, see if they can help you, uh, with that training. Or maybe if you're going to be traveling to Oklahoma city, you know, reach out to our store here and, see if we can get something on the schedule for for training yeah and yeah. i always include the even if i'm traveling to do training sometimes you know i always include the local account manager or bdm from Kimray because that's the local relationship that's what will they'll be the point of contact for that person and so i always try to it's always a group effort
0: yeah yeah you doing trainings right
2: i haven't yet okay um i will add to that though is you know you said kim Ray website and. I think the easiest thing for me since joining Kimray has been able to go to YouTube and you know if I'm wanting to learn about an AAR, I can type in Chemray AAR and then you have multiple videos, right, of whether how to repair it, how to operate it, how to you know apply it, whatever that might be. And so there's many, many videos you can do. And then you know after you watch that, if you if you're like me and you're a hands-on learner that's when you can get with the, uh, the Kimray or distributor and, and line up a actual in-person on hands. So. Yeah. Very cool.
0: Shout out producer Denny for making all those videos. Yeah. They're beautiful. All right, Ryan, you got one more?
2: Yeah. Um, I'm excited for this one. This is a, a product that's coming out in April. Uh, it's our gen three, but the sales team has a, a goal right now to, to get out, do a, do uh, as many lunch and learns as we can on the Gen 3 and uh, so naturally a lot of the questions we have or the biggest question we have is what's the difference between a Gen 2 and a Gen 3? Why mm. um, Why Why should? Why are you moving this way? Why should we be excited about putting a Gen 3 in when the Gen 2s have worked for us? Um, so we're excited about this as a sales team.
0: So what do you say to that question? Why should we upgrade from the Gen 2 to the Gen
2: 3? There, there's multiple things and I'll I'll miss quite a few I imagine but you know, being new, just learning about the Gen 2 as well as learning about the Gen 3, I have a, a more simpler version of, of why I think it's better. Um, I like the uh, snap and throttle on the outside, being able to move gauges uh, around just depending on your application, how you, you know, how you see the, those gauges. Um, sensitivity pilot, I like that. I think that's what it's called, right? Mm-hmm. Sensitivity pilot, yeah. So I like that's easy to you know, if you have it in Snap and you wanna get your whatever that might be, your distance traveled between the top and the, the bottom, simple. Um, being able to switch it around from left to right mount, uh take a couple of pilots off, take your screws off the back, flip it one eighty. Um, it's pretty simple. You don't have to take the whole the whole product out of the vessel. Um
1: Kyle, yeah. you want to go into a little yeah, more Yeah, I mean, that? even just like the uh, the paraffin clean-out port. But I think it's really going to help um, with timely repairs or timely cleanup. Because um, like I mentioned before, you you want to be shut down as little as possible. Yeah. Um, and so that will help with that. And then... So that's something the that Gen 2
0: doesn't have is this paraffin clean-out port. We were talking about this yesterday. Is it... Can you get more in there than paraffin? I mean, just debris and stuff like that. Yeah, it could be debris. Yeah.
1: Uh, paraffin's the main thing that builds up in in the neck of of the level controller, uh, and could keep that arm from from moving properly. Um, so that's that's the main battle there, and the main reason why we included it in the Gen three.
2: From from what I've seen too, in the the lunch and learns we've done, um, the pilot. When it comes to repairing uh, those guys on the Gen 2, that pilot, you know, doing it on the back of a tailgate was, was pretty tough, uh, multiple O-rings that you had to pull out. and um, So this one's pretty simple, unscrew three screws, pull it out. You've got three O-rings right there, um, pretty easy to do. I think on the Gen 2, when, when you pulled the pilot out, it was almost easier to just go buy a new pilot uh, than mess with it. And I think this one will be a lot easier and user-friendly. I think it'll be big for end users, uh, more user-friendly, easier to use, easier to set up. Uh, I think it's going to be a good one for us. I think so, too. That's the that's the the on the
0: few conversations I've had about it. There's much more excitement about moving from the Gen 2 to the Gen 3 than, than vice versa. So, All right. We appreciate your time, fellas. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time on Stuff You Should Know About Oil and Gas Production.